I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You are now listening to the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening to us. I'm your host, Rob Kennedy, and this is Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. I'm sitting here with my co-host, Mickey Dell. How are you, my friend? Robbie, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. On Twitter, I am the big horse, but between us, I'm Mickey Dell. Robbie, big night in store tonight. Mate, massive. And if anybody's just noticed that I've had probably the quickest intro of my life, it's because I'm sweating a little bit of bullets here. We have picked the most craziest time to go live, go in a new studio and bring in absolute super coach royalty as a special guest today. So I'm going to throw a lot more to you, Mickey Dell, to introduce our guest, talk about a little bit of what's going on, and I'm going to try and be this button monkey over here that does things and uh, and do my best to keep this show all together. But Mickey, I'm going to throw back to you because like I've just said, we are so privileged to have a special guest with us today. One day out from round one with some of the biggest news breaking of everyone having Elliot Yo in their side and now scrambling to the how the hell do we make this money back up again and what am I going to yeah, do with sure. my D3, my D2 for those people who had him in D2. I'm going to throw to you, please introduce our guest and let's see how we go. Guys, before we continue on, just remember to like and subscribe to our podcast. As we've said all along, we bring you premium content. We're not about pleasing you. We're all about giving you the stats, the figures in order to make you one of the top-notch players in Supercoach 2023. And who better to help us before round one starting tomorrow than the 2019 overall Supercoach champion, Dwayne Delmenico. How are you, Dwayne? Good, good, gents. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, you're right. So what we'll do just before we kick into the Supercoach side of things, tell us a little bit about your, your footy history. Did you play a bit of footy growing up or...? Oh, it's, uh, there's not much history, to be honest. Uh, bit of country footy growing up. Um, didn't, didn't achieve a hell of a lot. Uh, bit of amateur footy when I got to Melbourne. Um, honestly, playing Division 4, Division 5, 
sort of in and out of the twos, up to the ones type player. But um, it's been a, it's been a while actually. It's been ten years since I played, so I was uh, 23, 24 when I gave it away. Yeah. I've got a shout out at the moment to our our good friend, our mutual friend, Jeremy Phelan, Jezza. While you're watching over in New York, mate, thank you very much for teeing this up for us. We appreciate it. You'll be getting a standard squeeze pack sent your way. Um, so, Dwayne, tell us, 2019, your claim to fame. You won $50,000. Tell us, how did you start that year? How did you? Can you remember? How did you set up your side? Did you go with your your primos and rookies, or how many risks did you take? Mm. Um, I didn't take many at all. I it would have been the guns and rookies strategy. I was having to think about it and I look back today. I had some old notes. I had an old set of rules, which was funny to read over. It was <laughs> uh, it was no injury prone players, no. Uh, breakout players in years two to four. That was one of my rules. Um, and I broke both of those rules, mind you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess for me, I took what I did well was I think I jumped on players quickly. I remember um, one of the best moves I made was getting in Rowan Marshall. He actually missed round one. He was suspended. So not many teams had him. And thankfully, a friend of mine had been, you know, raving about him all season, as we, all pre-season as we do. And um, I think I must have had an injury round one and I brought Marshall straight in. And mm-hmm. at that stage, he was worth maybe 250000 or whatever it was. I remember he, went on to, he went on to average about 110 for the rest of the year. So that, that was a ripping start, to be honest. So I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that mate's taking all claim for you winning in 2019. We've all got that friend who said, "Remember when I was stone cold yeah. drunk and uh, told you that I expect 10 grand, thank you, or at least drop my name once or twice in every interview you do." Is is that kind of how it goes? Uh, I will drop his name. Paul Holmes was his name. There we go. Yeah. I love it. I love it. See the deals Go are on. I love it. <laughs> there, there's a few of them actually. Justin Gale, he he gave me a ripping tip, and our mate Jezza Feelin. Yeah. Right. Uh, Claims he gave me a tip, but I don't think he did. I don't so believe it. Yeah. yeah, good. So you talk about Rowan Marshall being your, I guess, your, your diamond in the rough that you picked up that year. Were there any that you look back and go, oh, geez, I, I picked him up and I held on to him for too long or he was someone that you were sort of erring, yes, no, and you end up taking him and then it's sort of you're like, yep, yeah, I've got to get rid of him, I've got to manipulate him or I've got to turn him into something. Were there any of those plays that you had? Yeah, there were a couple. Um, sort of the, the last 10 rounds of the season, I was in the top 10. And by that mm-hmm. stage, you know which players. So everyone else in the top 10, you sort of have five, six, seven different on every team. So it really comes down to that six or seven who's going to make or break, you know, winning it or, you know, fading away. Mm-hmm. Um I had Stephen Canelio. I remember it. he went on a bad run of form. Everyone else in the top 10 had dumped him by this stage. I held on to him. He then got injured. I still held on to him. He then came out and scored zero. Oh, and shit. I thought, <laughs> you are joking. I actually remember the game. I turned the game on. I was about you know a minute into the game. I'm looking around thinking, where's Canelio? And, um, yeah, found out that he had scored zero and gone off injured. But... Um, 
there was a, about a three-week period where I had him score a zero. I put the captaincy on Max Gorn, who scored 40. And then I had, I believe I still had Marty Hoare, and I put him on the field, and he oh, scored yeah. a five. So I, I had this three-week period where I, I was second, and I went out to about 10th because of all these injuries early on. But, um, yeah, that were the three that, that spring to mind. That's amazing. Uh, uh, to anyone listening along and, and playing along at home with being live, make sure you send us through any questions. We can we can pepper these questions through and ask any questions. I will let people know we we are privileged enough to see Dwayne's team and we will try and share a little bit of it and get him to speak to it. And I'll tell you what, it's impressive and it's a little bit different, which speaks to my mantra a bit, which is I think we have to have a little bit of point of difference without going too crazy. But uh, I'm intrigued to get your intake and uh, on what that side looks like. Um, any more questions from you, Mick, or is that kind of where we want to head? Do we want to yeah, head to I the team? And- one, more that, one more that I have, and I, I want to talk to you about this year now. Um, the team you have now, like we, we've spoken a little bit in uh, in conversations over the phone, but for the viewers at home, your theory this year or your game plan this year, like a lot of teams or a lot of people in the Supercoach community have the same players this year. Are you looking to go a little bit more pod you know, your point of difference players, players that could potentially be scoring the same to be different to everyone else, or are you still looking to have those same players, or which angle are you looking to take? Um, typically what I what I do most seasons is I try to look at the rules or the rule changes, be it mm-hmm. in the game or in Supercoach itself, and I always will just go all in, in what, whatever I think the edge might be. And that might have been a couple of years ago when kick-ins started getting points. Yeah, that's right. I think I started with six premiums in my defense. It was <laughs> a ridiculous strategy and I got totally burnt. But this year, I guess, oh, you know, a few years ago, it used to be 20 trades per season. Now it's up to 36. Mm-hmm. And you get the bonus, you know, the bonus trade that you can use five times yep, or five booster. rounds. So my strategy this year is it's mid, uh, mid-price madness. It's, uh, a few years ago, if I looked at a team like this, I would have just said that's absolute rubbish. <laughs> and, and it probably will be. <laughs> It'll probably blow up really quickly. But um, yeah, my, my strategy is that you have a lot more trades so you can have a lot more mid-prices. You obviously retain the good ones and quickly dump the ones that aren't performing. And those, those excess trades that you burn don't come back to hurt you later on because you do have 30, 60 years. So that's that's my angle. And, um, yeah. I think you're spot on because when we do reveal the team in a bit, as you said, if you looked at a team like that two years ago, you'd be like, you know, what are you doing? You're somebody sort of coming in and just trying to, you know, make your team as deep as possible and hope mm. you get points mm. rather than get those sort of primo points and what you're doing. So as a previous winner, where do you sit on liking or disliking the rule changes this year? I mean, I know where I sit with a couple. I used to always love the less trades. I think that's where you had to be strategic and and that's where you can look back on and pick your moments and and looking at those break-evens were extremely important and like being able to read those trends and things like that. Where does it where does it sit with you with the the current rule changes and and moving forward? Uh, I I typically blow all my trades up really quickly <laughs> and my team it normally goes all right, and then with five, six rounds left, uh, it just bombs because I've got no trades left. So yeah. I absolutely love all these extra trades. It'll, 
that means I can pretty much trade every week because I can't help myself regardless. So I, yeah, I think it keeps, overall, it keeps the interest there um, just for, you know, everyone, including, you know, the top guys, the mid guys, whoever plays. So, yeah, I really love it. Um, even the year that I won, I had no trades left with four rounds to go. Wow. And, um, huge. That's huge. That, you must have been, I said, I'm sweating bullets at the start of this episode. There must have been a period of time there where you're yeah. just sitting there going, mate, was there a moment there in like those last two weeks or the last week that you're sort of just watching closely going, this could really hurt me now. I wish I had one trade and then it maybe actually turned out all right for you or how did that sit that yeah. last week? Yeah, at, um, I remember watching a game and Rowan Marshall went down with what looked like, looked like an ACL. And I thought, and it was the first quarter, I had no trades left. I thought my team's toast. And anyway, at quarter time, I remember he, he came back out and he played the rest of the game and the rest of the season. I just thought, how, how is this even happening? But um, the big thing... You knew he me, was in your side, mate. <laughs> you gave him the a rev up. You gave him a yeah. rev up. Yeah, I ran down to uh, Telstra on my Eddie Head or whatever yeah. it's called. Oh. I've got no trades left, mate. You have to play. <laughs> I'll give you five grand, Ron. Yeah, um, the big one for me was actually uh, I had brought in Scott Lysett. Yeah. Because Paddy Ryder got injured. Scott Lysett was going to be the sole Ruckman. And I thought, you know, huge upside. A mate of mine actually gave him a tip on that too. So that's off to him. Um, but... He went on a run and averaged 120 over seven weeks. And then he got dropped. So I remember at the time thinking, I don't think any players ever averaged 120 for seven weeks and then been dropped. I thought, Ken Hinckley, you've just destroyed my chances of winning to go to you. And absolute, you know, yeah. whatever I was calling him. But uh, Ken and Scott turned turn from Villa to hero, hero, villain to hero because... In round 23, uh, Lysette came back into the team after being out for uh, three weeks. And going into the last game of that last round, I was 40 points behind the guy who was coming first and I was coming yeah. second. Yeah. So he had 40 points and Travis Boke. I had Scott Lysette. Wow. And Ken, being the good man that he is, sent Boke to Ford Pocket. <laughs> and... Lysette, I think Lysette was on about 50 a quarter time and I remember Boke was on negative two. Wow. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually a massive chance here. And yeah. Yeah. I snuck home by 14 points. Yeah. Bloody love it. I, I, I'm just, I just took a moment. I mean, me and, me and Mick said wow at the same time. I think we're glued to it like two seven-year-old schoolboys listening to our fantasy story of all time. Like, I think it's yeah. just a moment that you go – I remember, like, I was thinking about this. When we started in this podcast, where this all started for me, me and my old man just sitting with the newspaper back in the day when Fantasy first came out. We actually, like, wrote the teams in there and things like that. I've always thought what it would have been like to be that close or to get an opportunity and riding that last game must have just been absolutely epic for you. I think for you, you know, setting that scene, you're probably like, you know what, I'm not going to get this. You know, 40 points in Trav Boak beats Scotty Lysette. But... uh, Mm. After quarter time, I'm sure that's probably one of the most exciting Port Adelaide games you've ever watched of all time. And we, we haven't asked that question. Who, who do you support? Who do you go for? Uh, Collingwood. Ah, yeah. okay. Explains yeah. a little bit about your, uh, your D2. Explains a little bit about your D2 and you're breaking your rule of 
year two, year three, year four breakouts. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I think that leans us into it now. Now, let's do it. Bear with me, everybody. I'm going to try and share screen here and, and play around with our, our backgrounds a little bit. Uh, give me one second. And thanks for sending through some questions. I think uh, uh, Nathan NJB sent one through, which got answered as well. You know, you're taking that trade heavy approach early into the season or setting yourself up. Um, mm. As we heard, Dwayne loves to use and churn and burn. And I think the rules are allowing him to do that now. So keep sending through those questions. We're happy to uh, to answer them. I can also see in the live chat Talk through it as I'm setting this up, mate. Go for it. I can also see in the live chat one of our sponsors, the Standard Squeeze, has jumped on and and given us a shout-out. So while you're um, punching through that, mate, looking for uh, Dwayne's side, let's give them a shout-out. Thank you very much for coming on board as a a sponsor of our podcast. And uh, what we'll be doing throughout the year is we'll be presenting an award each week. That will be to one lucky viewer, one lucky uh, subscriber – who comments pretty much the biggest call of the week or the ballsiest call of the week. If you think Jake Stringer is going to kick 10 and he kicks 10, that might be as far left wing as you can think of. But if it comes home, you win the prize pack each week. This will be starting round one this week. So get around it. There's a nice prize pack there from the standard squeeze to win. So jump on, like and subscribe to the podcast. Go your hardest. Now, I feel like we're uh, I feel like we're back in the COVID days a little bit. I really hope everyone's can see my shared screen now. Dare I say, can you hear me? Can you see what I'm presenting? But to me, it looks like it's all up there. I'm hoping you boys can see that as well. And we'll uh, we'll start with your defenders. Um, we can see you got eighty eight thousand k there still to play with, which is always nice. And uh, we'll let you talk us through it. We'll we'll hand it over to you, Dwayne. Yeah, I get. I did have Yo in, obviously, and uh, traded him down to Jack Bowers. Uh, that's where the 88K came from. Yeah. But um, for me, I had Yo, Day, Dacos. It was just the thought that these guys are going to be playing midfield, essentially. So I feel like, you know, as much... Dacos is one that I do have doubts on because of the tag and um, only a second-year player. And I think the back end of last year, he actually didn't average that well. But on the flip side of that, I feel like these guys who play midfield, you've got the huge upside. Mm -hmm. You've got the potential for... uh, Like, you really have the potential for Dacos to end up being the top-scoring defender, I think, if, you know, he goes extremely well. And I think of, um, you know, George Hewitt last year, I think he ended up averaging over 110. Yeah. Um, so that's the, the simple thought process there. In terms of Jinby, uh, Constable, Wilmot, Cowan, I've just followed the pack there. I think they, um, you know, they should score well. Jinby and Constable, I'm pretty happy having them on the field. Yeah, for and, sure. And um, in terms of Ridley, I feel like Ridley... He's another one who has that really high ceiling and I love going for players with that high ceiling rather than maybe the more consistent type. Um, For him, he's proven in the past that he can do it when he has that right role. Now, the risk there is obviously the role, right? Like They've got a new coach in Brad Scott and um, whether he plays him in that free-roaming, intercepting role uh, all the time is one thing. But... um, you know, given his ceiling, I'm happy to take the risk on him. And if, if it doesn't work out, you can quickly sideways trade him. Yeah. <laughs> and we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot about to our listeners and viewers and all that sort of stuff about there's a big difference between trying to win the whole thing and trying to win your league. 
and yep. someone having a high ceiling and maybe has a bit of a lower week, it's not about winning your round-to-round head-to-head against somebody else. It's about scoring the highest points you possibly can. So yep. if Ridley ends up with a big total score, well, that's what you're looking for at the end of the season where he sits. So he's been a, an in-and-out one for me. I've ended up sort of going the – I've gone the Doherty, uh, Bailey Dale and Angus Brayshaw route. Um, and at the moment, I've, I, I think Bose might be one that comes in for me, but I've sort of gone the three rookies with them at the moment and, and put Sam Flanders in another spot with what's going on with Yo. But – if I see Bo's named, I think there'll be a, a very quick move for me because I think his upside is is huge. What's your thoughts, Del? Where, what do you see when you look at that? And by the way, I'm a Hawks man, so I'm loving Day being in there. I think he's I think he's primed for a big year up on the wing. So your thoughts, Del? Yeah, I like it. It's um, you know, your your top four, they Ridley, Day, you know, they're they're pods, aren't they? They would not have a high ownership. Dacos, I think a lot of people got scared off with Dacos in that. Uh, in that practice match against Hawthorne where he was uh, effectively tagged all game off a back flank. But as Dwayne was saying, he's got some massive upside where if he plays midfield, it doesn't take that much to go from a 75 to 110, you know, so he could well be the, the highest scoring backman this year. Bowers, I haven't heard anything. He was originally in my side. He's not at the moment, but the four that he's got at D5 through to D8, they're in my side as well. So I like... I like the flexibility there. I like the cash in the bank. I like the the difference there. It's it's not the same as everyone else. Yep. Mm. yep. And we see uh, Cohen getting named, which is good. And uh, Young. I think a lot of people threw Young in from Richmond, but not getting named, not even in the emergency. So I think there's been a little mm. bit of a, a scramble change there for people as well. Did you have him in at all, Dwayne, or Young, or nah. did you just wait and see? No, nah, yeah, never had him in yep. um, at all. Beautiful. All right, well... We'll scroll on. Let's see. Hopefully, hopefully that's uh, moving for everyone. Give me a second. Push this up. There we go. So we'll go with your midfielders now. Hopefully everyone can see that playing along at home. Talk us through. So it's, I mean, anyone who's watching us along on YouTube and, and jump on and have a look on Facebook Live or through YouTube, Jack Steele in that M1 position. And I know you've talked about your mid-price madness. He's not mid-price, but you know what I mean. Talk us through your mids. You look like you've had... A lot of fun, like a bit of a kid in a candy store here. So talk us through it, Dwayne. Mm, yeah, it, it doesn't really make you feel comfortable, this midfield, does it? <laughs> you know, you look at uh, Steel M1. I had Laird in there the whole preseason and, and thought to myself, he's the first player I'm selecting. There's no chance I'm getting rid of him. But um, then I thought, oh, well, I might as well go all in on this mid-price madness and really see where it lands me. Um Steel, Kelly, and Green, I think, are just value. Steel, the obvious one to bounce back. I think he can. He's proven he can go over one twenty. Josh Kelly, I've, I swear to God, I've picked him every single season, and he's burnt yeah. me every single yeah. season. <laughs> I just cannot help myself. I don't know what it is about this man. Uh, but this season, it's going to be the one, isn't it? Um, I hope so. Yeah, he's yeah there's a few people yeah. that do. I'm surprised where his percentage is still sitting with the amount of people he's talking about. He's still sitting at 6%, which makes me, with the running gun style, and we've talked a lot about the Orange team and uh, and how they're going to do some special things with uh, the new coach at the helm. So, yeah, he's he's been the jelly legs for me as well, but I'm finding it hard not to keep him in there at that price with what he can produce. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Tom Green is, I've got a bit of, bit of doubt about that selection. Um, I think the early run for GWS is swaying me. I'm hoping he can get away to a good start and at least build some value there. Um, Satterfield, I feel like he, I think he averaged 90 once previously, but he's never really had the role that you need to score well. At GWS, clearly, he didn't have it. At Carlton, he did briefly get that chance and scored reasonably well. And I just feel like he now has that role. And at the end of the day, um, that's one of the main things I look at, to be honest. As you can see with my defence, centre bounce attendance, midfield, who's going to be you know, attending centre bounces on a really high percentage. That's what swayed me with Kelly and Green as well. I could be totally proven wrong there, but I'm hoping they get that huge uptick in centre bounce attendances and that flows through to the scores. Uh, Hopper, an obvious one. Warpedo, that's, you know, not feeling great there either. But um, I feel like, you know, Tom Mitchell and Jago Amira, they're two big holes to fill in terms of the actual centre bounce attendances there. Mm-hmm. So I'm just hoping that that, you know, high percentage of centre bounce attendances converts to his scoring as bad as his, as bad as his disposal can be. Um, and yeah, the rest of the guys there, I think most most people have them pretty keen on McKenzie, even at the high price tag, he, he um, will be in the guts. Uh, Baker is an interesting one. I honestly didn't even have him on my radar prior to that 111 he put up in the preseason the other day. And um, the other two guys in there, Chesser and Davey, give you that flexibility that can be handy. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, we, we talked a lot about Baker. Baker was an interesting one. We even talked about the fact that we just saw him mic'd up at training and we were talking about how he's, you know, they must obviously see something in him. He looked really comfortable at training, which is a weird thing to talk about. But to see him mic'd up, having a bit of fun, laugh and banter with the boys at a new team and then go and score that 111 was, um, for me, he's actually on my field at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's you've you've gone no guts, no glory. I like it. If are you looking at your are you looking at your captain out of this kind of group or do you see your captain being somewhere else because I see possible hernias for you every Sunday um, <laughs> worrying about that sort of captain number and that's why Laird's sitting in the spot for me just to hopefully fix any possible VCs that just don't work for me. That is the one that that's a that's a good point. 
and a fair old issue with this team is I went through the round one matchups and thought there's no real standout who's going to, you know, blow this out of the park. I wouldn't putting Cali in there. I think he could, he obviously has the history where he can go 150 plus, but uh, he has a history where he can get injured in the first half and score you 25 as well. So putting the C on him on a Sunday wouldn't, wouldn't be great. Um, that's the thing that is hurting me in terms of when I look at the whole team put together and that, you know, whole team structure. Um, yeah, I haven't, uh, yeah, I haven't put too much thought into that. I'm hoping, um, you know, English and Rowan Marshall can turn into those dominant Ruckman that are, um, you know, they're obviously the only Ruckman that are going to be in each of those teams. And I'm hoping that that can really convert through to some massive scores. But, um, you know, Jack Steele, Josh Kelly, Tim English, Ron Marshall are really the only captain options I think I have in the team. Yeah, interesting. Del, what's your thoughts, mate? And I've just sort of scrolled for everyone who's sort of playing along. You mentioned your rucks there, so I'll, I'll, I'll get Del's response. What are you thinking, Del? Where, where do you see the... Yeah, all, all of these players that you've got in your midfield have been in, in my team at, at one time or another. The uh, The Josh Kelly... I like that you've got him in. I've got him in as well, but yeah, it just he's probably one of the only ones that I don't feel comfortable in having at the moment, even though he's at that premium price. Because you, you just don't know when he's gonna blow out a hamstring. So mm. uh, Tom Green, I've had him in, I've since removed him, just given that he's a lot like Clayton Oliver, but I don't feel as though he's as damaging with the ball as what Clayton can be forward of center. Uh, being an Essen supporter myself, I brought this up on the last podcast. I think your set of fields. Uh, Davey, these sorts of players. They're the only ones that you're really going to look at for Essendon this year. He's got he's got big upside. And if he plays that inside mid-role with Parrish alongside him, with Shield beside him, with Merritt, you know, your ball uses on the outside, that could potentially blow right up. And, and he has averaged 90s or low 90s with Carlton in the past. That could potentially go into the 100 area from what I believe. Uh, for Hopper, Hopper's out of my side now. Um, and I'm quite comfortable not having him there given that everyone else has got him and I, I want to be a little bit different. So I'm, I'm going somewhere else with that money. There you go. A little hot off the press. We're, we're doing our team reveals pretty soon as we're obviously closing in on round one. What I really do love about it, other than the obvious of having you on here, Dwayne, is this is now showing our viewers a very different approach, which is good. So what I've noticed so far just from the first two lines is you've kind of gone one deeper than me and I've gone one, maybe the primo being maybe one level up in that sort of R1, uh, sort of that M1 or D1 spot, even maybe the D2, M2. But it's an interesting look on on how you divide the players out because what Dell's saying mm. is exactly right. They're players that people are talking about, but when you actually put them in there in a different way, it's giving people a little bit to think about. And as we talked about, the rule changes possibly allow it this time to, to do something a bit different. So... Mm. Mate, my rucks are the exact same. Do you want to talk us through your rucks? I've been big on Wits and Darcy all year. Um, now for a bit of a money thing and a bit of panic about Darcy, I've kind of got – I have gone with English at the moment too. So tell us your thoughts on on Timmy English there. Mm, I've, I've been keen on Darcy and English. They're the only two I've really thought that I would have there. Um, I guess with English, uh, Rory Lobb coming in, that big key forward – I'm hoping that English doesn't get pushed forward as much as he used to and simply that just converts to higher scoring. Um, Darcy, 
Honestly, I had him in this morning, and then I've swapped him out. Um, <laughs> so we have we have your team fresh as the daisy right now, don't we? This is where it's sitting at the moment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. Subject Love to that. change. <laughs> always. Oh, we always put the asterisks yeah. on that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, half the time, I change it while we're talking, mate. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm a shocker for it. Um, but Darcy, yeah, he can score that 180 plus type score that that'll just really separate your team and. And it might have been a couple of years ago. He went on a run where he went, you know, 180, 170, 160 or something. I, you know, I thought this is the next big king of the Rockman. And then last year I had him in and he, I think he missed around one late. And then I ended up getting getting him in even when he came back in as a bit of a pod. I think he averaged 103 or whatever it was and stung me a little bit. But, yeah, with, with Rowan Marshall, uh, obviously – Always fond of him, had him as my boy a few years ago. And um, finally, riders decided to retire, thank God. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everyone's jumped on Marshall and Madden, just the flexibility there. There's been, there's been a lot of talk about, uh, what did they say? I heard Mar- um, Ross Lyon might go the double, Rux, Campbell yeah. might get a little bit of a run. Um I it, it obviously hasn't feared you out. I don't think it fears me out at all. Uh, you know, Dell, does it fear you? We, we've talked about Marshall being the number one must-have player this year, and Dunkley sitting very close in second. Dell, are you still sitting on that on that philosophy? For sure. There's a big difference between Tommy Campbell and Paddy Ryder, isn't there? So <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't I don't see the Tommy Campbell experiment lasting that long with St Kilda, and he has played with only one major ruck in the past, and then. Gone that I think his name was Jason Blake. He played as like a hybrid backslash filling filling in in the ruck when he first had the Saints. I like that you brought up Rory Lob too, Dwayne. With Timmy English, Lob hates playing ruck. So for the people that think, oh shit, he's six foot a hundred and he's in the Western Bulldog side, he's going to play ruck. But the bloke's built like a tree. There's nothing of him. He hates playing ruck. He he will only play forward, high forward or deep forward, and that's it. You may get him around the ground doing the forward um, stoppages, which will then allow English to play that kick behind. So, yeah, I'm happy you brought that up because that's, that's a good pod there, I reckon. Yeah, I think the more I look at it, I really like the the English pick. I mean, they've got so many tools, the Western Bulldogs, but they're all forwards. I think Darcy for Western Bulldogs is a good chance to go to the back line. Um, so I don't think there's too much pulling him out. He might do the old... The old ruck, 80%, and it's five minutes on the bench here and there, and he just comes straight back into the ruck. They don't really need him to go forward. I guess mm. the only thing you say about Tom Campbell is he's no paddy rider, but that means he can't really go forward. Mm. He can only sort of maybe go in the ruck, but yeah, at that price, you've got to stick with Marshall. But we yeah. we soldier on into this forward line, which is absolutely stacked as I move up. Now, whoops, we've accidentally kind of made a little boo-boo as we put this team together. Goulden is obviously on the field. But, uh, mate, this team is absolutely stacked in the forward line. Talk us through it. Yeah, uh, I guess Dunkley, an obvious one. Canelio, I have my doubts about it. Um, he probably provides the least amount of value out of Canelio, Gordon, Rosie, Taranto. Um, I guess that early five-game run that I'm hoping GWS go on means that he performs well, and, and by that stage, he's maybe increased in value and other people have jumped on. So that sort of mitigates that 
uh, I guess he's a little bit of a pot at this stage. Connor Rosie for me, I, I've always thought he's going to be an absolute superstar. Um, he was probably one of the first I picked and he actually would be one of the few that hasn't left my team. Um, I tend to just, as you can tell with this mid price madness, everyone gets a run in my team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tim Taranto, I think he's just a, a value pick and been crying out for years to, to just play pure mid rather than sitting at half forward up at GWS. And um, Errol, honestly, I didn't have him in. I've just jumped on the bandwagon there. Uh, he scored, what, 192 or whatever it was. That sort of ceiling is just ridiculous. So, um, yeah, we'll see how that pans out. He can obviously, you know, get lost at half forward and, and maybe not produce those huge scores, but I'm just hoping Horse just, you know, sends him to the middle every game. I think he. I think he's. Is he? Is he round three biggest in or biggest out? Possibly based on what happens in the first two weeks before the price mm. change. But um, yeah, you can see why people have done it. I haven't. It's a price thing for me, and maybe also uh, everyone's jumped on it. But look, I actually think I rate him extremely high as a player. I wasn't ready for him to jump in and do a one ninety in the preseason. But uh, look, I think there's there's reasons there. So yeah, talk us through the last three. So mate, I cut you off there. You're right. Um, yeah, with Errol, actually, I just thought of, the thing that really got me over the line was the the 45 touches. I couldn't, I didn't think he had that in him just to rack that, you know, number of possessions. Um, in terms of the last three, Oscar Allen, I think now with Josh Kennedy gone, he's never really had a history of any sort of decent scoring, but he's always had Josh Kennedy there, and you know, he's only four or five years into his career. Um, a bit of a one where I, I've had him in and out, just squeezing that last 80,000 when I need it into other players and then I bring it back and bring Oscar back in. Uh, he could he could very quickly be out of my team come round one or even round two. Fergus Grant, he looks like a really good player. Um, yeah, I think everyone's going to end up with him. Uh, he's got that clear role. He's mature age. He's the exact sort of rookie that you know, everyone loves. And Bennett in there, now that I do have the 88000 in the salary cap, I will probably, uh, you know, move him on to someone who's actually going to play. At, um, it was just a bit of a placeholder. Yeah, too easy. Del, your thoughts, mate? Yeah, Dunkley, Rosie, Taranto, they're in a lot of sides, aren't they? Along with Fergus Green. Errol's, Errol's a special one. Like, for me, he's not in, um, just given that, that practice match was played without Callum Mills, who would normally play that role that he did play that day. Uh, Oscar Allen's a good one. I've picked Oscar. They're, they're expecting big things out of Oscar Allen this year. And now that Nat nui has gone down, a couple of years ago, he was used as a temp ruckman as well and scored not too badly going in as a makeshift ruckman. So at 200K... And the potential of getting that dual position status come round six or seven, he might be nice to have Ford slash Ruck. I don't. I don't see it happening. I, I think don't? they're going to play their two young boys. I think from what I heard today, both the young fellas are uh, a fit, and I think they're going to have to play both. The yeah, second, okay. oh, Williams and uh, Jamison is what. So they I'm are going to play both. But what I'm hearing is they're playing both. I think okay. they've got to look. I think West Coast have looked at it, and I think Darling's. 
got himself up fit, supposedly. So he's had the, the magic spray or whatever it is to get him right, which I think only helps Allen having both there. Um, but I think I think there's still enough scoring potential for the 210. I do like him better than the, the Ben Kings and the things like that. I think it's yeah. a fair point. But he might – he'll probably take the rucks in the forward line and things like that. But I, I can't see him getting DPP unless – and everyone who's watching along, look for the teams to come out. And if Jamison or Williams isn't playing, then, yeah, Alan, you'd have to think, would be the guy to go in there and pinch hit for sure. Yep. I am. Um... I had, an, I had another couple in there in terms of my mid-price madness was Cunnington and Tanner Brune, who I'm interested to hear your thoughts on. Uh, Cunnington was, uh, I think he had like 27 centre bounce attendances, but scored mm-hmm. pretty poorly. Um, I did read that that game was a blowout, so, you know, it was scaled yeah. early and that's why he didn't get the points. But, yeah, what are your thoughts on Cunnington? He might end up in my team. Yeah, I like him. Uh, 20 contested possessions, and I'm glad you brought up that because no one ever scores well in a blowout. Yep. So he, he got some points early and then went quiet during the, the middle stages of the game and then came home hard again. If that game's any closer, he's scoring 100, 110. So while he's not in my side at the moment, I've still been looking for ways to get him in prior to round one. Tanner Brune, however, is in my side. He's been the constant at Geelong through their midfield, the whole of the preseason, their practice match, their intra-club or whatever it was. They've brought him in from GWS. He does look the goods. He tackles. He uses the ball well. I see him being a predominant midfielder with them moving forward. They need an injection injection of youth. That's exactly what they need. Yeah, I'm a, I've been a huge fan of Cunnington. I've mentioned him from the start. Same thing. It's a monetary thing for me at the moment. In a strange way, that could be that little bit of... Uh, that little bit of POD away from Goulden with somebody mm. who you know is going to go and have those centre bounce attendants. I think Callum Mills has got to come back into that Sydney line. I think Warner's still ready for another big year as well. So I think Goulden's shown what he can do, but he's also out of all of them shown that he can go forward and, and play that role or go out on the wing. Uh, it's it's a tough one, um, but I like Cunnington a lot. I think North Melbourne has realised they kind of need him in there. I don't think mm-hmm. they're going to get the consistency yet from from Sinken or LDU just yet. So I reckon he goes in. I think Clarko, Clarko doesn't like losing, that's for sure. And he's definitely yeah. not playing for the round one pick, that's for sure. I can guarantee you of that. But it's a tricky one with the money, especially when you look at a Fife at 313. Um, what does that look like? But Bruins a nervous one for me. I haven't, I honestly haven't seen him play enough. And I've talked to Mickey about this a lot. Mm. I hate picking players that I haven't watched and truly seen what they're doing. And I think Geelong's a really tricky lineup this year. But let's play, let's play a little bit of the quickly, just just some one-word answers to to sort of get a few people who might be listening along. Fife, Flanders, Bruin. Dwayne. Pass. Pass. As in not picking any? None of them. Pass on Fife. I just think if he's playing forward, um, you know, I just look for guys who are going to be in the middle. Yep. Uh, Flanders, same. Pass. I know he scored pretty well. Um, Some people I'd heard say that, look, he scored well and he didn't even need to be in the centre. So that's a positive. And I thought, well, I sort of think it's the opposite. He'll, it's so easy for those guys at half forward to, to, you know, just have a real quiet quarter, half, whatever it may be, and score a 50. 
Bruin, uh, he's been in and out of my team and he might end up back in there. Um, I'm the same as you. I haven't actually watched the, them play. So those young guys who, I guess if you watch them uh, and they're, you know, a bit bigger and built, you think, all oh, right, they're actually going to stay in there compared to like, you know, someone who's pretty slight and you think, you know, when the real stuff starts, he'll be the first one out. But, um, yeah, it's interesting you say you've watched him a little bit and that, you, yeah, you're keen and sold on him. So Mick, Mick, I'm going to get your answer in a second, Mick, but just to let Dwayne know, Mick is our watchman. Mick watched all nine preseason games. Mick is our stat man. I need to meet his partner because what a woman because that's phenomenal. She's a patient lady. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal. I love it. But. Mick is the reason why I keep changing my team all the time because he just says it with so much confidence as well. So I will throw the same question to you, Mick, because I think the names that we just sort of didn't see in <coughs> Dwayne's team, but mm-hmm. people are talking about. So Bruin, Fife, Flanders. Bruin, yes. He's in my side. He's going to play majority midfield minutes. You can see with Geelong, as we are saying earlier, they're looking for that injection of youth. He fits the bill. He uses the ball well. He's pretty hard at it. He's in my side. Fife. On with Dwayne, no. Yes, he's averaged over 100 for the past nine, 10 years or whatever it's been. But they've said that he's going to play predominantly forward. Some weeks that might get you 100. Some weeks that might get you 40. For me, it's consistency with my forwards. It's a no-go zone for me. With Flanders, at the moment, yes. He He did score over 100, but he didn't play that much midfield. He did, however, go back and help out your Ben Longs and your Constables, you know, driving the ball out of the back line. So when we're talking about that, um, the rebounding from 50 and scoring with with good quality possessions with your rebounds from 50, they're good point scorers. Uh, that's why I'm looking at him at the moment. So we'll say for now, yes, but that may change. Beautiful. Uh, Dwayne, very aware of your time, so I'll pump <laughs> out a couple of really quick ones here. Now, I know Mick's answer because he picked Setterfield and not Hopper. If you had to pick one between Setterfield and Hopper, who would you take? I love the smirk. The smirk means it's a good <laughs> question. I'm feeling good about it. But this is what that the is people want to know. This is these are the yeah. these are the these are the game changers because some people haven't done your type of lineup. I know for a fact I'm sitting there with with Hopper at the moment just because I know I feel confident about it. But Setterfield has been a chance to pop in. So you've obviously got both. If you had to pick one, where does it where does mm. it sit for you? That's a very tough question. Setterfield, obviously, far more risk because of the uh, lack of ownership, I guess. If you're wrong about Hopper, so is everyone else. So it doesn't hurt <laughs> you much. In saying that, uh, you've got to be different to, I guess, you know, reach the very top. So for me, I would go Setterfield. Wow. Boys, I've got a long night ahead of me now, going back and having a look at my team just quietly after the response. Well, there's only 24 me. hours left till the first bounce, mate, mate. I'm not sleeping, and I apologise for my work already. Tomorrow, I'm just shutting the door to make it look like I'm busy. I'll tell you what. But uh, <laughs> Mick, I'm going to throw to you, mate. Any any questions before we look to to wrap up or go on? Any any pressing ones while we've got the man in the hot seat? Well, I guess with, with your experiences in the past and your team now, is there anyone as you scroll through the list you're like, I've, I've got to find a way to get this person in the side? Like you've spoken about some some plays in your side where you're feeling a bit uneasy, like your Kellys and that. Are there any that aren't in your side at the moment for our viewers at home that you think, yeah, I've, I've got to try and get him in somehow? 
Yeah, there's, I guess there's a handful and, and it is really the guys we've touched on. It's, um, I'll, I really want Laird in my team. Uh, he doesn't really get tagged. He pumps out just crazy scores every single week. You know, he's so consistent. Uh, it's Laird, it's, if, if I'm really buying into the mid-price madness, it's Cunnington. And you might have even just sold me on Tanner Bruin. So I was just going to say, and I've, I've got a bit of a memory. If if Goulden goes to Bruin, then you can you've you've got the cash. You've got you've definitely got the money to go up to Laird for sure. Yeah, for sure. That I was just thinking, Goulden to Bruin, Tom Green to Laird would be what I'm thinking. Um. Um, do you know what? I'm an absolute shocker for these last second madness things at seven, you know, twenty nine on Thursday night or mm. Friday night, and I'm <laughs> changing my team, <laughs> reversing uh, trades flat out. Yeah. Mate, try being in uh, Perth. We get less time to get prepared for this, so we get less time to uh, <laughs> make that quick last minute decision. I tell you what, but. Yeah. Mate, yeah, we'll be watching your team. Mickey Dell right now is so chuffed that he feels like he's about to have made a team change for you. I can feel it. I, I'm so far away from this guy right now, but I can feel exactly what's going on, on the inside. Just quickly on that, though, if anyone does want to check out Dwayne's team and join the league, you can see it here on the screen. Our group code, our league code, 237113. Make sure you join. Am I right in saying you're in our league, Dwayne? I mean, I'm, I'm feeling uh, comfortable about it. If you're not, you're yeah. going to be now. We're, don't no, make me look really. stupid, please. Okay. <laughs> We've got yeah, over I mean, 130 teams in there, so make sure you uh, join up in. Up 160 now. Up to how many? 160. Oh, I'll tell you what. Let's get to we, 200. We want, Come we on, everybody. Join in. by the start of the season. Beautiful. Mate, Dwayne, thank you so much. Um, Del, I'll leave there's, it with you. There's a couple to... more we want to throw out, Robbie. We'll just go no. through the questions here. Uh, from Matty O'Brien. G'day, Matty. Do we think the Lions are going to win the championship this year? Thinking about getting season tickets and putting the C on Dunkley or Neil each week. What do you think, Dwayne? Do we think? Yeah, they're a massive chance. Uh, it's not a bad strategy, uh, but, you know, uh, Dunkley... Neil, do they impact each other and sort of reduce that ability to go 150 plus? Maybe. But um, yeah, they're a massive chance, I think. Them, mm -hmm. Melbourne. Melbourne's probably my pick, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Well done, Dale. We've got, a, we've got another one there as well. So we'll go one more. Thanks for, guys, if this is your last chance to get those quick questions in. But yeah, Jai, Jai Davis, uh, thoughts on Jai Newcomb this year? I think he's just a fellow name. So is this, is this Justin getting on doing another Conor McGregor and uh, Conor McKenna moment? But uh, yeah, what's your, what's your thoughts on Jai Newcomb this year? Mine, uh, I, honestly, I haven't really considered him he probably would be worth a look just because of Mitchell and um you know Amira leaving but uh to be honest I've barely hasn't even been on the radar to be honest so yeah I, don't know I think he's just on, as a Hawthorne man I think John Newcomb's just honest I don't think like you said it kind of blew your mind a bit when Goulden went and racked up 42 touches I think John Newcomb sort of still had that nearly nearly was the number one mid-roll in a sense. I think Sam Mitchell loved him and backed him in and knew where the sort of trend was going to go. So, look, I think he could have a, a decent year. Yeah, I can see it, Dale. I can see who's chimed in with a comment. Um, yeah, I think he's going to have a decent year, but I don't think he's super coach relevant just yet. Not at the price he's at. He's at that awkward price. 
So we'll put him up. Mr. Anthony Delaney, uh, definitely a relation. This is actually a brother relation here that we can do. So Lockie Hunter, unders or overs, 392-100. Uh, for me, that's unders. You, he's got a he's got a set role on the wing there. Is he going to turn into a primo? That's the the million dollar question. But uh, with the way that he accumulates the ball and being opposite Ed Langdon on the other wing, like they're just going to play hand in hand with their game style. Wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at your five fifty uh, five sixty k by the end of the year. But it's that awkward price where you're either all in or you're not. Any thoughts, Dwayne? Um, I'm going to say overs. I <laughs> I actually just steer clear of anyone uh, earmarked for the wing. That's why I didn't um, end up with Finn Callahan mm-hmm. or Callanan, whatever his name is, just because once I heard that he was going to be stationed on the wing, I feel like guys can get a little bit lost out there and have that, you know, have those really, really poor scores. So, yeah, that's it for me. Big big shout out to uh, all the comments coming through. Really appreciate it. Troy Vickers, we see you there, mate, with a bit of comedy Hello, relief. Troy. I like it. Warwick Kappa must yeah. owned. Has Gary Ablett Jr. had a baby? I think that's directed at uh, Mick Dell for sure. It's got to be. Uh, yeah. But no, nah, we appreciate the banter and uh, hopefully everyone at home is uh, is enjoying this live episode. And I know mm. I have. It's been absolutely fantastic. Um, Dell, I'll, I'll throw to you, mate. Where do you, where do you want to take this? Yeah, so um, just before we wrap up, as we said earlier in the program, um, Dwayne, we've got the Standard Squeeze on as one of our major sponsors now. So on behalf of us, thank you for coming on our show. Thank you for uh, passing on your knowledge, your, your past experience with Supercoach and giving our, our viewers, our subscribers a chance to see firsthand, uh, I guess, the mindset of a previous winner. And for that, we've got a standard squeeze pack, a combo pack that's coming your way, courtesy of the standard squeeze. So from us and our sponsors, thank you very much. Beautiful. Thank you. Right. Thank you. It's, been, uh, it's been good fun. And thank you for the tip. I'll, uh, I'll bring Tanner into my team and I can blame you. <laughs> yeah, do that. I- if that's a way of getting you back on the show, just to jump on Dell and give him a spray, uh, we'll take we'll take whatever we can get, mate. But uh, I'll, be no, the, honestly. I'll be in the comments. <laughs> yeah, we'll do a uh, a quick shout out too to the uh, Snap Fitness guys at uh, Bendigo and Epsom. Guys, if you're looking for a gym to work out at and you're struggling for time with kids or family commitments, they do have free child minding there. The child minding people or the carers there all have working with children's checks, so you can get your workout in and have your children cared for, no worries. So go in, see Mark and Emma and the team at Snap Fitness Bendigo or Epsom. Tell them the Molten Boys sent you. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've got one more, actually two more buttons to press before hopefully we go without a mistake. So I'm pretty chuffed with myself. But honestly, Dwayne, thank you so much for your time. All the best with your 2023 Super Coach season. Let's get another ring for you. If it's not Dell or it's not me, we're shouting out for it to be to you, mate. So, uh, again, thank you so much for your time. Everyone listening along live, thank you for your comments. Everybody who's been playing along on all our other media, social media platforms, we thank you for all your support. As we close in on round one, the hair on the back of my neck is standing up. It's the best time of the year. Um, I hope everyone gets some sleep. Put your apps away. Just trust your team. Back it in. This has been the Molten Fantasy Sports Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.